There's a hint of joy in all of these readings, and hopefully, you know, we can catch a little of that joy today. Maybe you caught some of that joy walking around looking at these uh, fall plants like pumpkins and apples, and from apples and pumpkins we get our, our Halloween lanterns and we get our apple cider. And what other plant that we wouldn't think of during this time of the year is a sycamore tree. Uh, and so let's take a moment to see if we can find the joy that is represented in the sycamore tree. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit today. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and there shall be a new creation and you shall renew the face of the earth. The sycamore tree uh, is where we find Zacchaeus today, but go way back in the book of Genesis. You might recall that Adam and Eve lost paradise. They lost their joy because they wanted to create the world in their own image and they lost their joy. And so what did the Lord do? It is said that, according to Jewish Midrash, that he took leaves from the fig tree and he clothed them right after they lost paradise. Because the Lord did not lose hope in the change of the human heart. But all throughout the rest of world history, even today you read the newspapers, what are we busy doing that causes us to lose our joy? We continually try to remake the world and ourselves in our own image. Paradise lost. And a wonderful author, I know I've referred to her before, but it's a great Halloween figure. It came to be a great Halloween figure because of Mary Shelley, a woman who was told not to write, but she did write. And a woman who was unpublished became published. Of course, she wrote the book Frankenstein. You have this guy named Victor who was a chemist from the University of Ingolstadt. And what he wanted to do with all of his knowledge about chemistry is to create a creature in his own image. And the creature didn't turn out like he thought it would. Turned out this, this eight foot giant with yellow skin and watery eyes turned out a monster. Very little joy there. And so for us, we are constantly experiencing that lost joy, creating the image in our own, in our own image. And so we have Zacchaeus, who has built his own life in his own image. And he comes to the sycamore tree because he really wants joy. He's seeking Jesus to see him, and he climbs the sycamore tree. And it's there that Jesus' eye catches his eye. 
And for the first time in his life, he felt joy. And he experienced this, what the sycamore tree represents, that there's hope in the change of the human heart. It seemed that Zacchaeus would be the most impossible example of this because as the chief tax collector, the Romans picked him out to collect your taxes, but Zacchaeus could add his own surcharge, which was so phenomenally high, it put mom and dad out of business. It made them lose their farm. So wouldn't you hate a guy like that? You think a guy like that could have a change of heart? I remember uh, um, a mother, uh, when I worked at St. Pius, her son was impossible. And this Friday we just celebrated St. Jude, the patron of impossible cases. And he went into medical school. And every day she prayed to St. Jude, the patron of impossible cases. And uh, his name is Dr. Greg. He tells his story all the time. It was because his mom prayed to the patron of impossible cases that he graduated from medical school. Zacchaeus is one of those impossible cases. And what Luke is saying here is that this is not just a fairy tale. There were actually chief tax collectors in his community sitting in the pew this morning just like you that actually had a change of the human heart and found joy. Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. This man too is a descendant of Abraham. He discovered his dignity and his image at that moment not in his own image, but in Christ. I put together this past summer with two of our youth from our parish and also one of our college students from St. Xavier University, uh, kind of uh, a sketch, which will turn out to be a flag, which will hang on our flagpole. And it is kind of... Uh, the motto for our parish and what it has in the center is a sycamore tree. There's hope for a change in the human heart. But it also says that our dignity and our identity are received from God, the image of God, Imago Dei. And so we don't have to find political answers to spiritual questions. All of the crisis over our genders or racial injustice, we have instead a spiritual solution. We just have to receive our image from God instead of make ourselves in our own image. So we have the spiritual answers instead of being polarized. We can come together 
at the sycamore tree. Today, salvation has come to this house. The circle represents the Eucharist. The Eucharist is we come every Sunday to help bring out that image in us, to bring out the best in us, to bring out the best in humanity. And then just once a month, we have Linda to offer to us a little talk, a short talk, on the, on the Eucharist miracle. One of these screens is not working because that's life, but hopefully this one's working. Good morning, everybody. Um, today's featured Eucharistic miracle occurred in Batania, Venezuela in 1991. And this is about five years prior to our last one we discussed that happened in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, and there weren't any panels for this miracle at the Holy Spirit Center, so I don't have that to display, but this story will be rewritten in the bulletin in the next week or two if you wanted to rehear the story or share it with someone else. You can look for that in the future. <clears throat> so on December 8th of 1991, which is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Father Adi Osa Aristobal celebrated Midnight Mass at the Marian Shrine of Finca, Batania, and Sua, Venezuela. After consecration, he divided the large host into four pieces, consumed one of them, and placed the remaining three pieces on the paten, which is the small round dish the priest uses to put the Eucharist on after consecration. When he looked down a short while later, he noticed that one of the pieces showed a red spot with a red substance that was oozing from it, as if blood from a womb. Numerous pilgrims at the Mass verified that Father Adi had no wounds that the blood could have come from. So after Mass, he took the host and placed it in the sacristy to preserve it. And at 6 a.m., Father Adi went to check on it and verified that the host continued to ooze, which shortly later was becoming dry. The host then was subjected to special studies that were requested by the Bishop of Los Tiques. These investigations were not nearly as in-depth as the Buenos Aires or the Lanciano miracles we've discussed prior, but the results did confirm that it was human blood and it was type AB positive, which matched the blood from the Lanciano Italy miracle from the year 750 and then later again the Buenos Aires miracle. And the, the uh, Let's see. Oh, remember that the AB positive blood is the rare blood type that is most commonly found in the Middle Eastern region. So we have the Lanciano, Lanciano Italy, the Batania Venezuela, and later the Buenos Aires Argentina miracles, all confirming that it is human AB positive blood that are coming from these consecrated hosts. The Batania blood host was made readily available for veneration and devotion shortly after they finished these studies and confirmed that it was a miraculous event. So about seven years later, after this initial miracle, on November the 12th, a young man actually from New Jersey, Daniel J. Sanford, went on pilgrimage to Venezuela with his prayer group. One of the stops they made was to see this miraculous host in Batania. After his spiritual director, Father Mazzarella, celebrated Mass, the door of the tabernacle was opened, containing the bleeding host, for adoration for the group. And with other, his other group members present, Daniel Sanford observed an incredible phenomenon. And this is in his own words what he observed. With great astonishment, I saw that the host was as if in flames, and there was a pulsating heart that was beating in its center. I saw this for about 30 seconds or so, and then the host returned to normal. 
I was able to film part of this with my video camera. So I'm going to share you this amazing video that this young man captured. Um, again, it only happened for 30 seconds and he had to get his camera out. So it's a very short clip, so it kind of circulates again and again. So I'm just gonna play it a couple times through. But um, sorry again that this one isn't working. As you recall, the two previous miracles that I presented, scientists were astonished that the samples of hosts, even though they were years old, um, when they investigated them, they found that they were living heart tissue. And even Dr. Zugabi in the Buenos Aires one, a few years later, he actually commented that at the moment you brought me this sample, it was pulsating. Today, the blood of the Batania Venezuela host still appears fresh, and it can be visited in the chapel of perpetual adoration at the convent of the Augustinians' recollects of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in Las Tequeis. And in this video, you can see it's in a tabernacle, but they changed it, they moved it to this beautiful reliquary, and a reliquary is a fancy name for a display of these miraculous hosts. And it, what this it now is displayed in, it's beautiful. It's a statue of Mary, and she's actually holding it out. And it's around in a round monstrance, and the bleeding host is in it. It's really pretty, pretty neat to see. Um, so these events are just two more examples of Jesus' words from the Last Supper when he says, this is my body and this is my blood being solidified in the Catholic Church at the consecration of the Holy Eucharist. And even though our human reasoning leads us to want to doubt this could be true at each Mass, in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus does say, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So as a side note, and part of the reason why I chose this particular miracle, because there are very many, but the, one I, the reason I chose this miracle to um, present tonight was because just recently, this past summer, on July 25th, another potential Eucharistic miracle similar to this videotape um, occurred in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, where folks were actually in adoration and, the mon and in the monstrance, the hosts actually began to beat. There's a living heartbeat that, that comes visible in, in the Eucharistic um, monstrance. Um, and actually, since everybody these days has video cameras on them, multiple people took out the video cameras, their cell phones, and videotaped it. And they're actually, you can go on YouTube and, and see this. Um, so from now on, um, this miracle in Mexico is under investigation and, and it, sometimes it takes years to approve it as an official miracle of the church, but it's something that, you know, I'll be looking for and watching for and I hope you guys kind of keep an eye on it too. So, thank you. <laughs> 